It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Jason Robel and Whitney Lordson. You know one thing that I find uncomfortable? What's that? When you take a note because you want to remember something and then you go back and read the note and you have no idea what it means. Does it mean that you can't read your own handwriting? No. I mean, like, you think of a brilliant idea in the moment and you don't want to forget it. So you write it down and then you have an intention for utilizing it for something. Which I just have to pause for a second for a little funny inside joke. As I was saying those words, I just remembered part of my dream last night. Okay. And in my dream, I was hanging out with Brendan Burchard. What? Okay. What were you doing with Brendan? Where were you guys? What was going on? I remember I was like in his apartment or something. And it's all coming together in this very moment. But I think the reason that I thought about him is because I've taken so many notes from Brendan's events and things like that. And it just reminds me of how a lot of the times we just don't even look through our notes. And actually, a lot of things are coming to mind. I didn't mean to go off on these tangents. I have another point to make. But I just saw our guest, Chris Gillibo, had a really great post. I think it was him. I'm going to attribute it to him. But now I'm like not 100% sure if he was the one that said this. But But I'm pretty sure it was a post from Chris who said that if we wanted a good idea, we should just go back and look through our old notes and we would find all sorts of great ideas for ourselves. I started thinking about Brendan too, because I've been to a number of Brendan's events. I've taken his courses online. I've read his books. And I often will take all these notes because Brendan, for both me and Jason, has been a really great mentor. And there's just so many times that I intend on doing something. So I write it down and then it just gets lost in the sea of notes that I have, whether they're journal entry notes or they're digital notes or to-do lists. Or it's just like there's so much information that we put down thinking that we're going to utilize it sometime in the future. And then if we don't intentionally commit to doing it or intentionally look back on our notes, we often lose that. And this post I saw, which again, I think was from Chris Gillibo, was such a great point that whenever we feel like we're at a loss of of inspiration or motivation, we could just go back to our old journals and to-do lists and various notes, wherever they may be. And we may actually remember something that we forgot about, you know? This is a fascinating Pandora's box. And I say Pandora's box because I think about the stacks and stacks of journals that I have. So here at my house in LA, I have journals that go all the way back to 2002. And I shudder a little bit to think at the volume of notes. You know, when you bring that up, Whitney, it intrigues me, A, because I'm actually flooding with ideas creative ideas and business ideas that I had not forgotten about, but I hadn't thought of in a long, long time. You bringing this up, this tangential topic, 
Wow. There was a vegan ice cream line I was going to launch in 2009 before Kind Cream and before a lot of the vegan ice cream parlors and brands that are out there. I had a whole business plan for an ice cream line. I had a whole business idea for a line of brownies, but I was going to have the word wow in there and call them bwownies. Ridiculous. Like the word wow, bwownies, which sounds like a kid saying brownies. So it's interesting to think about spelunking the depths of these old journals and God knows what's waiting in there. Especially if I go back to like 2002, holy smokes, what's in there, man? I feel like I should run during this episode at some point and go grab one and just turn to a random page and see what's in there. That would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) I could do that. I could do that and see. You could. April 14th, 2002. (laughs) That wasn't the point I was going to make. It was because I'm feeling frustrated in this moment. I wrote down an idea for this podcast episode, and I really wish that I could remember more. I wish I had written down more of my thoughts Mm. because... Sometimes you have what you feel like is a brilliant idea, but if you're not detailed about it, then when you come back to it later, you don't really understand the full meaning of it. So the note that I had written down for this episode was conscious language dash how to reply to compliment comments on Instagram. And I'm sitting here racking my brain. I was able to go back and track when I put that note in, which was in February. And I don't know exactly what the motivation was. Did somebody else bring this up? Was this a conversation? But just trying to reflect on what that might mean and why I thought that would be an important topic for this podcast. I think it's because I have often felt uncomfortable receiving complimentary comments. You know, when you post something on Instagram, here's a great example is if I post a photo of myself and then somebody compliments my appearance. To me, that's uncomfortable because A, it's nice. I think most people like to be complimented for how they look, which is also really odd. (laughs) You know, if you really step back and think about it, like this desire for people to tell us that we're pretty, attractive, handsome, sexy, whatever you want to say. And I feel like that drives a lot of people. And We have this desire to post ourselves in the best light possible, literally. You know, we want to look really nice. We want to show ourselves in the way that other people will enjoy. But yet, it's also very uncomfortable to me, and more and more so actually, when I receive any compliments on my appearance, because I don't really know what to do with that. And it feels very superficial. And then it's also awkward to just say, thanks. (laughs) Like someone writes, oh, you're so pretty. And it's like, what else do you say? Thanks. And then if you say thanks, that's kind of awkward. And then if you could like put an emoji, that's also kind of awkward. If you just like it, that's like, I feel like it's actually really tricky. And I don't know if this is just something that, I mean, I can't be the only one that experiences this, but I feel like I'm curious about your perspective on this, Jason. How do you feel? How do you react? How has that flown over time? Like when you post certain photos of yourself and people compliment you on your appearance or what you're wearing or just something that's generally more superficial. Mm. I think it's evolved a lot over time in the sense that I have not during lockdown, but when the world is 
running and there are events and things like I have some pretty wild, fun hats and shirts and jacket and wardrobe choices that are pretty flamboyant and fun and bright and colorful. And I really love dressing that way because I feel like it reflects what's going on inside of me, which is playful and fun and colorful and and a little bit wild. And for me, you know, Whitney, you and I have been to different events. We've referenced a few on the podcast conferences and launch parties and things that we do in the health and wellness field. And when I go out wearing these very specific, I have like three pairs of really bright shoes. They're Pumas. They're they're these specific Puma sneakers that not a lot of people wear because they just didn't take off. They weren't that popular. But I have these bright orange ones, these like Miami Vice blue ones. And then I just got a pair of gold ones, like shiny, crazy, chromatic gold ones. And I love it. I think they're great. And I love flashiness. Again, I love bright, sparkly clothing. And when people compliment me when we're out or when I'm out. I don't know. It's interesting because I'm thinking about how those compliments land and how I receive those compliments. I feel like when I was younger, I was a lot more concerned about what people thought of me. Make no mistake, I still do have mindfulness around like how do people perceive me. I'm, I'm, I'm not completely detached from how I think other people receive me, but it's a lot less acute than it was in my, say, 20s and 30s and certainly my teens. Whereas now, I feel like I'm doing it because it brings me joy and not because of how other people perceive it. Like It makes me feel fun and buoyant and more energized to wear bright orange sneakers or do my hair a certain way or wear one of my favorite hats or whatever it is. I don't know. I And I've had people comment like, dude, you're like, you're dressing more hip hop these days, or you look like Jamiroquai, or you look like Pharrell or whatever it is. I've had people say all these different things. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to be Jamiroquai. I'm not trying to be JK. I'm not trying to be Pharrell. I'm not trying to be anybody. I just, I find things, whatever it is, clothing, hairstyle, jewelry, and it resonates with me. I don't know why it resonates with me, but I'm like, that wants to be on my body. So I don't know that I necessarily feel, what is the word, like pumped up by compliments as I used to. Now I'm just like, cool, thank you. I appreciate it. And I just keep going. And I don't feel like, oh, they complimented me. I feel good about myself now. Like I feel good because I'm living in alignment with my style and my personal style and how I want to express myself. And to me, that matters more than the compliments I'm going to receive. It's actually really interesting because there's a study well, one of many I'm going to link to in the show notes at wellevator.com. If you didn't know this already as a listener, all of our episodes have show notes and we link to articles we reference, any other details if you're confused on something. There's also transcriptions. So you can actually read the episodes. And one that I had pulled up about this is that stated that women are usually complimented on their appearance and men are usually complimented on what they possess. So that's interesting, Jason, is, is that it's everything that you referenced seemed to be about what you were wearing versus your actual body. Is that right? Yeah. That, and I think that's, that's kind of accurate across the board to a degree because I don't necessarily get a slew of Instagram comments of like, you're so hot. You look like a young Jeff Goldblum. Inside joke. You do occasionally get the zaddy <laughs> comment. That's probably because I'm in my 40s now and gray is coming into my beard. And for some reason, like younger women with daddy issues seem to be drawn to me now. I guess that's the advantage of having gray hair and being in your 40s. What's up with the word zaddy, though? 
Is it just no, like I have no? Is idea. it a combination of a two words? Like, is the Z from something else, or is it just like the way that you would say "daddy"? And that's just daddy, like, like like daddy, daddy. Like I, you're a girl that's slurring her words because yeah, she's like, so attracted oh, to a daddy. daddy I guess I don't. I've never gone so far as to ask one of these young ladies why they're using the terminology "zaddy" instead of "daddy." I. It's all conjecture. I do not know the actual answer to that question. Well, I just pulled up Urban Dictionary. Let's see what the <laughs> let's see what the definition. I mean, I I know what it means. But I love that we're figuring this out in real time. I love that. Does this actually tell you where it originated from? I'm not sure, but here's how Urban Dictionary defines zaddy with a z: a fine, handsome, and sexy ass, intelligent man that makes you smile and drip. Every time you see him. I mean, that's actually a great compliment. Wow. He knows how to handle business in and out of the bedroom. You low-key want to have his baby. He makes all parts of you (laughs) excited, including your mind. He smells good, looks good, and is good. (laughs) Smells good, looks good, is good. Wow, you love this. I think right now you feel like... You're hot shit oh, knowing that that's the definition. That, I mean, oh. that is a huge compliment. Wow. Right? That, that's a loaded definition. That's way more really? loaded than I could have possibly expected. I need to see this. Okay. Zaddy origin. I want to know. Like, Okay. I guess, I mean, the first thing that came up was that Zaddy originated from a 2016 Thai dollar sign song by the same name. While a daddy is an attractive older man, a zaddy is a man with swag who is attractive and also fashionable. Oh, oh well. But like... If the shoe fits, ladies. <laughs> literally. But like, we're still... Okay, here's another one. It says that it originated in 2008. Okay. Oh, boy. Somebody's usurping Ty Dolla Sign's yeah. origin story. But again, it's not quite clear it looks like some person on huh it's hard to um oh it grew on popularity on twitter i'm sure oh aha here we go here we go maybe this explains it the term has been applied specifically to the singer zane malik whose name oh my god so maybe that's the answer right there huh Interesting. Well, he does have good facial hair. I'll give him that. Okay. Well, there you go. The definition and origin of the word zaddy, in case you're ever curious. Now you can feel really hip and with it. This is potentially the most tangential first 15 minutes of any episode so far. And I'm loving it. it. I'm loving it. I highly doubt it because (laughs) I feel like, you know, we transitioned from not knowing why you wrote down the note into what my note was. And now we are exploring my note. Indeed, 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 indeed. I feel like we're on track. Okay, okay. Yeah. And even if we're not, who cares? I mean, track schmack. (laughs) Lick a butt crack. Who cares? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I was actually a bit on a mission to figure out, like, how do you best receive a compliment? And, And during some of my research, I also found that culturally... We often expect people not to receive a compliment in a positive light, meaning if we receive a compliment with agreement and self-praise, we might be viewed more negatively than if we were to kind of disagree with it and say things like, oh, shucks, like, nah, I kind of feel like both 
scenarios are uncomfortable. You know, it's like, I think it's, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable when somebody receives a compliment and they just start to take themselves down. Like, oh no, like someone will say you're pretty and like, no, like I'm so ugly. <laughs> you oh, know, totally, some people respond yeah. yeah, that yeah. way. And it, that makes me uncomfortable too. Cause I'm like, well, first of all, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So who are you to even say whether you're pretty or ugly? It's all a matter of perception. I mean, if you feel that way about yourself, fine. But I mean, it's not really fine because I feel like if we don't think that you're attractive, it's a a deeper self-loathing. To kind of like push away someone's compliment is also feeding into some weird like cultural behavior I get. I don't know. It's it's just really interesting. And I feel like there it's hard to know what to do. And the part of for me, I don't usually respond at all because I don't know what to say. And I don't really want to come across as like too in agreement or in my ego, right? By being like, yeah, I am whatever you said about me. But I also don't want to just say thanks because that just feels it doesn't have much meaning. And then I also don't want to, I don't know, I guess the more I think about this, the more awkward the whole situation feels. So, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that we could explore this more in depth to have have some more answers to give. Well, I think the initial thing that comes up for me is why is there societally predicated standard of self-deprecation? You know, it's like you you kind of described it a little bit when you were people like, oh, stop. No, no. St- oh, sh- oh, stop it now. Like they just completely don't even accept it at all, which is weird that that's something that is encouraged and accepted on a societal level. But to your point, I think that there is a gracious way to accept a, and a gracious and honest way to accept a compliment because I've noticed that when people compliment me specifically in terms of my music or my food or my art, this is a very touchy one for me because my perception of how I sound as a singer or a musician I'm very, very self-critical, and it's something that I'm still wor- working a lot on. My food a little bit less so, probably because I've achieved more, I don't know, commercial success, if you will, in the food aspect of my creativity. But with music, I feel like I've struggled for so long in, in different bands and doing my solo stuff that even to this day, even some of the events, the holiday events or the memorials, the stuff that I sang out in late 2019... I found myself having to work to really believe people when they were complimenting me. I'm like, oh my God, you should be, do you do this professionally? And I was like, oh my God, what are you fucking kidding me? Like that was my initial instinct. It's like, no, they're being earnest right now. They're being honest and appreciating your voice and your music. But there's still a part of me that's so critical, that's still so comparing myself to my heroes, the musicians that have literally changed my life with their art, that I get so stuck in that self-deprecating comparison trap musically that I still struggle to accept compliments from people in that area of my life. In other areas of my life, I really don't struggle with it. But for some reason, when people give me positive feedback on my music, I still grit my teeth a little bit and be like, "Uh, do they mean it? Are they blowing smoke up my ass? Is this true? I still have a hard time with it. I'm still working on that part. I mean, this just goes to show how uncomfortable it is. And I think a lot of people struggle with it. I pulled up a few articles and 
one I found super interesting was on BuzzFeed, and it's called This Is What Happens When a Woman Actually Accepts a Compliment from a Man Online. It was a social experiment. It was this this girl that was getting a lot of compliments on social media, and she found that if she didn't reply, that people would criticize her for not replying. It was kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of thing. Totally. Totally. I guess some people, men especially, were criticizing her because they felt that they were owed a response and that she should be grateful for the compliment. So she decided to run an experiment. And whenever she received a compliment from a man, she would reply with a warmer, nicer answer, agreeing with and accepting the compliment. And so she actually started to screenshot all of these. If a guy said to her, you are gorgeous, and she wrote back, yes, and then the <laughs> response from the guy would could be something like, I mean, no, you aren't, LOL. You what? know, it was like suddenly they wanted to take back their compliment if they the woman agreed. And then another one, you are amazing. And the girl responded, yep. And then the guy said, <laughs> uh, all right, you ain't that good, love. <laughs> Oh my like, god. What? What is wow. the psychology of this is actually really fascinating because it's like if you say if you are in agreement with it people get turned off and then want to kind of switch it around because now they're seeing you in your ego. But if you wow. don't respond at all, they also get upset. <laughs> Another one uh by the way, your eyes are gorgeous. And the response was, ah, oh, I know. Thank you. So are yours. And then the response was, bitch, what do you mean? I know you're not that amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. This is from the experiment. Oh, yeah. Actual real comments. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Some of these wow. are private messages. And then others are like, being vain won't get you anywhere. It just makes you a bitch. Like literally line after a compliment on somebody's appearance, simply saying, thank you, I know. That is that response. That is hardcore. And this is absolutely fascinating because it begs Mm -hmm. in my mind, Whitney, the question of what would a appropriate or desired response be for these men giving the compliments in their first place? Like, like, oh, thank you, baby. That makes me feel so amazing. Hope you're having a great day. Like just dripping with syrupy, saccharine, inauthentic bullshit. Is that what they want? Probably. Maybe that's why strip clubs are so popular, with all due respect. If, If I may, like on a tangent, it's not the authenticity of the interaction. It's the illusion of it. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, like, fellas, listen, let's just be honest. Ladies, too, if you frequent, because I also know women that love to go to strip clubs. Like, if you actually think that the dancer wants to fuck you, you actually believe that, then they've done their job and mission successful because you're going to give them a ton of money. It's the illusion of actually being wanted. It's the illusion of actually being appreciated. Whereas, like, to me, this is almost a parallel thing of, like, do you want her to answer you honestly or do you want it to be, like, overly floofy and saccharine? Like, this means so much to me. Thank you so much. Hope you're amazing. (laughs) Like, what are these dudes, what are they expecting? Yeah. This fascinates me. That's what I'm saying. Like, the more you dig into it and you think of all these different scenarios, none of them feel quite right. And I think that's why I typically don't say anything at all or I'll just like hit the like button. But even that feels uncomfortable 
why does that, that to me. Because that's also acknowledging it. Oh, it's acknowledging it. Okay. Yeah. It's like if you don't acknowledge it, but then again, people can get mad if you don't acknowledge them. So it's really, to me, a damned if you do, damned if you don't, but we'll continue to explore this a little bit more. I found another article from theartofmanliness.com. Oh, great and, podcast. Uh, have not listened to it. Great podcast. Shout out, Art of Manliness. Well, this is how to accept a compliment with class and 10 ways compliments are dismissed. There are three main categories that you can respond to compliments with, either to accept it, deflect it, or reject it, which is basically as we're talking about here. And most people aren't comfortable at or aren't uncomfortable at either extreme outright denial seems rude, but full acceptance seem feels conceited. Thus, most people seek what it seems like a safe middle ground, choosing a deflecting response that dilutes and mitigates the compliment. They see compliments as hot potatoes that need to be tossed on as soon as they land in their hands. In the assertiveness workbook, an author lists some of the different ways we reject and deflect compliments. And this is just kind of like an observation. So number one is to ignore. The recipient ignores the compliment either because he didn't hear it or because he didn't recognize that he's being complimented. For example, the compliment is, you played crazy good today. You were all over the court. And the response was, yeah, I'm really thirsty. Let's stop for some Gatorade on the way home. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, I guess the point is like, you're completely ignorant that someone's even complimenting you. But to me, if I heard somebody say that, I would think like they're just def- like trying to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. Also, can we dissect very quickly the second half of that statement? Let's <laughs> stop for some Gatorade as if there's a bar that specializes in electrolyte <laughs> replacement drinks. You know what? Can we stop for a vitamin water? Actually, you know what? I'd like it on the rocks, please, uh, with a chaser, a little lime in there. Thanks. I mean, that's funny. There's, you probably just go to a, a gas station. Yeah, but who says that? Yeah, that's what I mean. They go like, hey, do you want to stop at 7-Eleven? I'm like, hey, could, could we stop for a Gatorade? Like, <laughs> it sounds like I'm going to take you out to the bar and buy you a Gatorade. No one speaks like that. <laughs> <laughs> no one. <laughs> okay, here's another example. The recipient denies the compliment outright, such as, you sounded so good today. Yeah, right. We sounded like total crap. I mean, that's a very common one, right? (laughs) Complete, just complete denial. Total denial. (laughs) The recipient of the compliment argues against deserving the given praise. Yes. For example, that was really profound insight you brought up in class. Not really. Anyone who had read the previous cases would have come to the same conclusion. Which is also kind of a slam of the person giving the compliment on top of it. Because that's a little, think about that. The way you read it almost sounds, A, that they're completely subverting the compliment and rejecting it. But in a way, depending on how that's delivered, like, well, anyone could have discerned that from reading it, you shithead. Like, there's a little, there's a, <laughs> there's a little bit of condescending mustard on top of that hot dog. A uh-huh. little bit of condescension. Like, well, if you had read it too, you would have come to the same conclusion. (laughs) The next is the receiver downplays the praise by offering self-deprecating remarks. For example, that's a really spiffy hat. Well, I need something to draw attention from my ugly mug. (laughs) I love these examples. This is really great. Also, can we appreciate the use of the adjective from the 1910s, spiffy? Oh, I knew you were going to love that. Spiffy. Yep. That is phenomenal. Good word. 
I would like to put that in my lexicon to bring that back. Spiffy. Mm-hmm. Questioning the receiver questions the giver's judgment, taste, etc., and offering the compliment. For example, your photography is definitely the best exhibit here. Are you kidding? You must not have gone to very many art shows in your life. <laughs> I love how much these are giving you joy, Jason. They're so extreme. <laughs> First time at a gallery, huh? <laughs> Huh? First time. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the art gallery. Yeah. Oh There's free gosh. popcorn in the back. Yeah. The receiver whittles down a broader compliment into a smaller one. Ooh, this is interesting. For example, you look really dashing tonight. The tie can make any suit look good. <laughs> These are okay. such funny examples to me. Sure. I don't know why. These are very fun and interesting and i'm imagining these in an actual human conversation me too and they sound so they're a little bit stilted they're a little like well this tie could make anyone look good in response to a compliment the receiver fires one back this is actually kind of yeah oh this is what i do this is what i do is it really oh totally i'm totally a tennis match compliment giver oh okay well here's the example that is one sweet stash well that's a heck of a manly beard you got there Completely. I do this shit all the fucking time. I like someone will compliment me on whatever hat, clothes, a dope jacket, whatever. And I'll be like, yo, that's a killer handkerchief. I love the floral pattern. I love the contrasting floral pattern on your handkerchief, bro. Like for real. Mm. It's, it's delicate, sensitive, but also goes hard in the paint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, like I I'll do I that. Do the same, I do the same thing too. And someone will be like, you look so pretty. And my first reaction will be like so do you and then i'm like oh why did i say that because it just completely it seems so superficial which is funny because like dudes like you look so handsome so do you never had that exchange with a man in my life (laughs) (laughs) difference between men and women i've used the word dapper and had that blasted back at me like dude you're looking extra dapper right now and they'd be like yeah you know what man you're looking fly too but handsome okay have never had a compliment tennis match over the word handsome. Never happened. Well, Open to it. Just different words. Open to it. Okay, a couple more here. Reassurance. The the receiver has trouble accepting the compliment and seeks confirmation. For example, your speech was incredibly convincing. Do you really think so? I felt like I was floundering out there. Hmm. I've heard that before. Hmm. There's also, no? yeah, I, I have. And this also brings up something super interesting. When I was first studying acting in my late teens and doing theater and improv, I remember a really huge lesson. This was maybe when I was like 18 or 19 and I was doing some theater. And I remember having nights doing the performances, the plays I was doing, where I felt like I kicked so much ass and I was so in it and so ferociously good. And then friends of mine or people I trusted would be like, yeah, you were okay. And I was like, really? Like, I felt like I was so good. And then other nights where I felt like I was just not engaged and not in it and not even thinking about it, they'll be, they would conversely go like, you were on fire. You were so visceral and so real and so emotional tonight. I'd be like, how does this make any sense? And I remember talking to my theater teacher at the time. His name was Dale Van Dorp. And you can imagine by Dale Van Dorp how he spoke. It was a very low baritone. I'm Dale Van Dorp. And he's like, when you're up there and your mind is concentrating on how good you think you're doing, you're not actually in the character. You're not actually in the moment. You're thinking about being in the moment, but you're not in the moment. 
He said, but when you're enraptured in the moment and you're not like, I'm doing great right now, then you're actually living it and being present to what's happening in front of you. And I was like, oh, that's such a massive distinction. So it's interesting you bring that up because sometimes when you think you're doing good, maybe you're doing it to get an an effect out of people like, I'm going to do the best performance ever. I'm going to sing my ass off. I'm going to be the most amazing lead in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like Whatever it is, it's like, I think when we're thinking about doing a good job and we're trying too much, we end up not doing a good job because we're actually not in the moment and being fully present to what we're doing. Mm, and I think also sometimes people can see the lack of authenticity as well. I think that's part of it is the the reaction, like somebody's trying to get your attention, someone's trying too hard, someone's trying to look attractive enough to you. And that can turn people off, kind of like we've been talking about here, is that people don't want to see you too much in your ego. It, it triggers them in, in a lot of ways. I feel like in that sense, there's what that brings up to me, Whitney, is like, cultivating a sense of calm, quiet confidence. There was a lot of C's and Q's in that sentence. Cultivating a sense of calm, quiet confidence where, oh boy, this is interesting you bring this up because I feel like there's truth to the Lao Tzu, the philosopher, the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, one of his most attributed famous quotes is, care what others think of you and you will always be their slave. There's a certain amount of, I think, emotional and personal autonomy and liberation that we achieve by training ourselves not to care what people think of us. But as tribal beings in a human society, I think there is a level of caring what people think about us. And perhaps there's a balance we can achieve of not being too egotistical, not being too self-deprecating and deflecting, but somewhere in the middle where we have a a healthy amount of self-belief, we have a healthy amount of self-confidence but not so much where we are overcompensating and have too much swagger and too much ego when we walk into a room, but also not hating ourselves and not thinking that we're pieces of shit or our art sucks or our books suck or our writing or whatever our vocation is. I mean, there's middle ground somewhere that to me feels like I said, a calm, quiet confidence that's not too egotistical and not too self-deprecating. Hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting dance that we play. And I think it's one of those examples of don't you wish that you had been taught these things about how to socialize when you're growing up? Because I think a lot of these elements of life are so common. I mean, this is a very common struggle that people face is how do I interact with the world in all of these different situations? What do I do when I receive a compliment? I mean, I guess the other the other way could be what do you do when you receive criticism? And I feel like they're very similar. It's just that awkwardness of trying to figure out how to respond and and all the learned behavior we have based on on just noticing how other people respond to compliments. And then we start to use some of those as well or feel so awkward. We just don't even know what to do at all. There's a couple more examples from the art of manliness. And then it gets into why we deflect compliments, which I'm interested to read. So number nine on this list is that the recipient suggests the thing being complimented isn't as great as the complimenter is suggesting, such as, that's a really handsome sweater with the response. It's so old. I've had it since high school. Responses like that, I should say, make me feel a little uncomfortable. Similar to a lot of these because it's like if I was the person giving the compliment, I'd be kind of annoyed if they said that because it's like, I don't care how old it is. (laughs) You know, like, I don't care if you think it's great. Like, I like your sweater. In a way, it's like, I'll feel offended 
that they're deflecting it. I mean, that's another interesting side of this is the if you're the person giving the compliment and somebody rejects your compliment, deflects them, is common for me to feel like a little annoyed with them. Do you have that experience, Jason? I do. And I feel annoyed not because they haven't accepted my compliment in the sense of me trying to give them a gift and then it's rejected. I feel more annoyed that I'm like, wow, doesn't this person love themselves? Like I'm more annoyed by like, wow, yes, you must think very, very little of yourself not to like see this in you. That's the part I, it's annoyed, but it's also- It's a judgment. It's like sad. Let's be honest. It's like a little bit sad. It's like, But you're judging that person for, like, that's the thing is when you discuss these things, you realize Mm -hmm. that you probably do them a lot too. Totally. Does that mean that you don't love yourself? I mean, this is interesting reflecting on this because I have the same reaction, Jason. I'll have this moment of like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you accept the compliment? And then we need to examine our own selves and realize that we do a lot of these things too. We just might not even be aware of it. Totally. Yeah. And as you're going down this list, like I said, some of them have resonated as in, oh, I definitely do that. Some no, but some have been like, ding, ding, ding. Yep, I do that too. All right. Well, the last one on this list is the credit transfer. The recipient transfers the praise to others. For example, I think that was the best dance we've ever had. It was really Jill who did all the work and made it happen. So I resonate with this one because I have a version of this whenever I'm <laughs> like my two passions are food and music in life. And whenever I'm working on, say, a dish, like making dinner with someone or in the past, you know, collaborating with other musicians on a track and be like, oh, dude, that that track was dope or wow, this turned out delicious. My version of that would be like, well, thanks to you. Yeah. And earnestly, like believing in my bandmates or believing in whoever the friend or significant other I'm making dinner with, but deflecting it in a way being like literally like it's thanks to you, like not taking any credit for it whatsoever. Yes, for sure. And this article is actually one of the better pieces I've come across. Again, I encourage you, the listener, to check out the show notes if you want to read this and other articles that we're linking to for this episode. And this next section is why we deflect compliments. So this is coming from that book they referenced earlier called the Assertiveness Workbook, which I'm going to look up because I'm super curious about it now. It seems like interesting resource. So the author of that book says, this is a long article. It's really in-depth. Okay. So uh, there are a few reasons why we deflect compliments. Number one is we're afraid of being seen as conceited, as we talked about. This is the most common reason. They worry that by agreeing with somebody else's praise of them, they are essentially praising themselves and thus being smug. Number two is the need to restore what they perceive as balance. Since the compliment is a positive act, you may feel a psychological need to balance things out by either negating the praise through deflection or by quickly returning the compliment. The next option or the next reason for this is the desire to avoid indebtedness. This is the worry that if someone does something nice for you, like offering a compliment, you will owe them something nice in return and thus will be indebted to them in some way. Ooh, that's fascinating. Yeah, okay. Can I riff on that really quickly? Because I know there's more to this article, Whitney, and it's so unbelievably deep and juicy already. But to me, the biggest example of what you just said, this idea of indebtedness, to me, is when someone says, I love you, and you feel like you have to say it back. 
And I'm not saying that it's always that way, or I'm saying there are moments sometimes where certainly when someone says, I love you, and you're feeling that back, it's completely appropriate to say that and you're feeling it and, it's, and you can feel that person's heart behind their words. But I think there have been situations in life, certainly where someone, you know, when you get into a relationship for the first time, or it's new or whatever, and someone says, I love you, or maybe it can be at the end of a relationship or during a challenging period, but the phrase, I love you, seems to have a particular weight to it in this frame of feeling indebted to someone like you have to say it back. Does that resonate with you? Do you feel what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's an interesting thing of this idea of kind of tit for tat in our society. The other example of this that just came up for me, Wit, is, is <laughs> gift giving. Like during the holidays when friends or family members there's no conversation around, oh, we're going to give each other gifts. And then you go to a dinner or you go to a party and then they have a gift for you, but you don't have a gift for them. Oh, my, this actually happened this past holiday. There's a mutual friend of ours. She brought me a gift and we hadn't discussed it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like I immediately was like, oh, you know, fuck what? Like we didn't talk about this. You bring me this big old bag of stuff. I have nothing for you because we didn't talk about it. Now I feel indebted to you. That was, oh God, I felt so awful about it. I had to look at why I felt so awful, like like I owed her something in exchange. Well, that reminds me of the five love languages, you know, and how we each have different ways that we express love or care for other people. And if the listener is unfamiliar, the five love languages are words of affirmation, which which would count as a compliment, gifts, acts of service, physical touch, and I'm blanking on the fifth one. Remember it off the top of your head, Jason? There was, sorry, I need to review in my oh, head. Yeah. Words of affirmation, physical, physical touch, touch gifts, gifts, acts, acts of, service, of service, and... Oh my God. Oh, quality time. Quality which time, is which is your mine. number one. <laughs> well, I actually think that words of affirmation is my number one. I've done, I've oh. taken the quiz a, f- a few times, and it often depends on my uh, state of being, I guess, at the time. But for the most part, my top two have been words of affirmation and quality time. And remember that video I sent you, Jason, that music video about compliments? And it was like that German guy. Oh, my God. We have to link to that in the show notes. That is We We in... try to sing it based on what you remember. <laughs> oh, God. It was just like, I no, I'm going to horribly butcher it. But it was something like, Please. why don't you give me any compliments? All I want is a compliment. I don't hear any compliments. Compliments? compliments why don't you give me any compliments it was this it was this amazing (laughs) dear listener if you want to get sucked into a glorious bizarre rabbit hole for four minutes of your life click on the show notes and we will link to the youtube music video for the song it is it is (laughs) i'll let you decide what it is (laughs) because i feel like you just deflected the compliment because i asked jason will you sing the song your first thing is i'm gonna butcher it then you sang it. You did a really great job. I complimented you. And then you immediately said no and deflected <laughs> it. <laughs> and I did not do that on purpose. I did not bring this up oh. to put you in an example. Oh but it is God. really funny to notice that because I thought you did a great job. Why did you assume you weren't going to do a good job? Because it's this. Okay. Again, we go back to music, which I mentioned a few minutes ago in this episode that 
there's some element of me that feels like I need to do it perfectly. Like I need to sing it perfectly. I need to be amazing on stage. I need to hit all the notes in the correct pitch. I need to blow people away. And if I don't do it right, whether it's a cover song or an original, then I just beat the shit out of myself. It's it's interesting in real time, you and I having this in this moment on the podcast of exactly what I detail this. I still need to work. And it doesn't come up with food. It doesn't come up with writing. It doesn't come up really with any of my other creative passions. It really comes up with music and me being a performer and a singer. Like I still just have this ultra critical viewpoint of myself, which you just so brilliantly detailed. Mm. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because, you know, for me, I really enjoy words of affirmation and I like to receive them, but I, it really depends on the situation. Sometimes I'll just ask for them. And that was the reason I thought that compliments music video was so funny because I identified myself in that the theme of the video was that this person is doing all of these things around the house and they were very minimal. It was kind of like this guy who was wanted to be complimented for everything that he did, which is really funny. But I honestly, I could relate to it because I really like when somebody gives me praise and sometimes I just outright ask for it. I'll say to Jason, I want to be acknowledged for that. I really enjoy it when somebody acknowledges me for doing something that's meaningful. And I find myself asking significant others for that, asking friends sometimes. And it's funny because it doesn't really feel like it's in my ego. I'm trying to let people know what makes me feel good so that having that knowledge of what the five love languages are and asking for what you need and asking for what helps you feel like you're thriving and confident is really, really helpful. But it's also interesting because I'm not like that in every scenario. Sometimes when people compliment me, I get really embarrassed. In fact, I had this yesterday noticing my physical reaction to a compliment that made me feel uncomfortable. I was on this Zoom call, Jason, and um, somebody said they were like listing out all the people that were there. And they're like, Susie is really good at blah, blah, blah. And Michael is good at this. And, you know, they're going down the line. Not everybody. They were just kind of randomly picking people. And and they're like, and Whitney's just too pretty to be here. And I found my face like flushed red. I Why did you react that way, Jason? Because that's like a weird, weird compliment. It was weird, especially because this is a total stranger and this is the first time I'd ever met this guy. And, you know, I'm just there on a Zoom call trying to contribute my intellect. And he points out my appearance. And I actually wasn't offended by it, but I was embarrassed. And I found my whole face got hot and my cheeks (laughs) got red. And I'm just sitting there trying not to look uncomfortable in that moment. But inside, I was really uncomfortable. You're just throwing up on yourself. You're just projectile vomiting. You're like, I'm sorry. When I get weird compliments, I just throw up. I automatically throw up on myself. Sorry. I I mean, there certainly was a a part of me that enjoyed that because in that moment, I didn't feel that attractive. I'm just sitting there. My hair wasn't brushed and I threw on a shirt for the Zoom call and no makeup. But And so it was nice when somebody finds you attractive when you don't think that you're attractive in a moment. I think that's actually it comes goes back to what you were saying earlier, Jason, when you were performing and weren't trying to be a good performer, but you receive a compliment. I think there's part of our egos that's like, oh, somebody sees us as being good even when we don't feel like we're at our best. I mean, I do like that experience, 
And so it's, it's interesting to reflect on why I was embarrassed. I don't know, but I had like an automatic physical response to that. And I always think that's interesting when that happens, like how our bodies respond to people's words. Completely. And if I may, as a point of consideration that just came up with this particular way he phrased it, like, did he say again, and Whitney's too pretty to be here? Is that correct? I don't, it was something like that. I mean, he was being nice about it in his delivery. It was not rude or minimizing. That's not how I interpreted it. I don't know why he said it, but he did. But it also, in a way sets up a container of comparison with the other people on the call, which is maybe why yes. you're so uncomfortable. Yes. You know what? Because he's you're calling right. you out. He's calling you out for being the way he said it, implying that you're the most physically attractive person on the call, therefore setting up a container for comparison, which yes. could possibly make everyone else feel really uncomfortable if they're yes. looking at your face and going, God, she, she is way more attractive than me. That's why I went, ooh, when you said it. That's exactly why I went, went, ugh, because I'm like, he's setting up comparison by that statement. Yes. And that's so true. And I actually, now that you're saying that, I remember thinking inside I was wanting to show my value as more than a person that somebody found physically attractive. I immediately was like, I need to add more to this conversation that shows my intelligence. I don't want to be perceived as like, quote, the pretty girl on the Zoom call. I want right. to be perceived as the intelligent, helpful person. That's actually something I've battled a lot throughout my life. I think part of the reason I find appearance-related compliments uncomfortable is, sure, I think most human beings have the desire to be attractive. That's part of how we feel like we fit in. That's part of status. We often, especially as women, we've been conditioned to feel like there's a lot of value on our appearance. And so if you don't feel physically attractive, you feel like you're not valuable, important, you won't be seen. But I also really strive and place much more emphasis on my intelligence and my ability to contribute because I don't feel like my appearance is a contribution. I feel like my personality or my knowledge is the biggest contribution that there is. And so in that particular moment, I felt small. I felt like, oh, they're just going to see me as that. Or maybe this person doesn't see me as as any more important than how I look. And so I felt this like strong desire to start to share how much I could help them versus like just sit there and look pretty. That's the struggle because it's really interesting with, with women where many of us have that desire to to be perceived as pretty. And yet, through a lot of history, women have only been perceived as pretty. They haven't been historically important in other ways. And so I think like uh, maybe the reason that women want to be perceived as attractive so badly is because they feel like that's where their power is. And that if they're not perceived as attractive, then what else do they have to give? Mm. I mean, society really, really focuses a lot on this. And puts a lot of emphasis on women and how they look, how they dress, how they do their hair, how they do their, their makeup. And then likewise, we often do the exact opposite where we criticize women as focusing too much on their appearance. Well, she's just self-absorbed with herself. She's just, all she does is post pretty pictures of herself, but she has nothing to say. You know, she spends hours putting on her makeup and doing her hair and, and spends all her money on clothes. You know, doesn't she have anything else to add to society? I mean, we it's bizarre. It's actually really tough to be a woman for that reason. 
when you have those two extremes and you're always trying to find the balance. You, At least I do. I mean, I want to be physically attractive and I want to be intelligent and I want to contribute and I want to be useful, you know? This is a fascinating thing that you're talking about, Whitney, because I actually talk to my mom, Susan, about this subject pretty often in the sense of she works in a pretty high-level position in the medical field, and my mom is physically attractive woman and also a very skilled, intelligent woman. And she has been told by people she has worked with, I'm not going to name names, of course, at points in her career, that she was, quote, intimidating. And not because my mom is like, an intimidating human being, you know, she's a very kind person, but we've discussed it about this double standard of we want you to be pretty, but not too smart and too capable. Cause that, and I'm speaking from a patriarchal perspective, cause that means that you might actually perform better than us and do better than us and be paid more than us. And I, I mean, I'm just speaking from like the old paradigm patriarchy where I think a lot of this conditioning comes from of the mixed messages of, yeah, use your power, use your beauty, use the alignment with the standards we've set, but don't get too successful and don't get too intelligent and don't get too skilled or don't get too talented because then we're going to feel threatened and then you'll be, quote, intimidating. And it's interesting to reflect because that, that conversation with my mom came up about how she faces that in her professional career and she's faced it for decades. I mean, we could do a whole episode on beauty standards and women and all of that. And I think it's the tip of the iceberg so maybe we'll get into that more. I mean, this desire to be, it's like beauty is more than skin deep, right? Or is it just skin deep? That's the big trick. I guess it all depends on how you define beauty and how you perceive other people. Well, I think you bring that up, Whitney, and it's interesting because you bring up what, you know, I don't know, beauty, what we perceive as beautiful. And I reflect on dates that I've been on with women where I found them very much physically attractive in the elements of how they dressed or their body or how they carried themselves. But I didn't feel a deep connection or beauty with their sense of how they want to live their lives or their ethics or their values in the world, what resonates with them, what matters to them. You talk about it being skin deep. You know, For me, I think how I perceive beauty is not just the container that a person's in, the, the meat suit, the flesh suit, as we will, because that's going to age and change and evolve. Like That's something we need to be mindful of is the person we are in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and onward. I mean, these organisms, these bodies that we inhabit are going to change. That is the nature of their being. That's the nature of how cells change and evolve and die and regenerate. So the container is it has to change. To me, I'm more interested in how beautiful a person's heart is and their sense of empathy, their sense of ethics, their sense of fairness, their sense of generosity. You know, to me, that resonates way deeper in terms of how I find a person beautiful than the container they're in. Mm -hmm. It's so much about self-care. And that's a big part of what we believe in with our work here on, with Wellevator, with This Might Get Uncomfortable. And it actually was making me think about our sponsor, Sun Warrior, because they have that Beauty Greens powder, which we love, especially their pina colada flavor for collagen. And collagen's been so interesting with the health world, especially because Jason and I are each vegan. We're plant-based and most collagens out there are made from animal products. I think there's what, marine collagen or bovine collagen? Both of those are the big ones. Yeah. Yep. And they're really appealing to me, 
but obviously I haven't taken any of them because they are not vegan. But I've been noticing like my desire to try them because I see all these like beautiful women, (laughs) you know, showing off these products that they use for their appearance. And so I get excited when there are products like the beauty greens for collagen because I'm curious what that will do for me. But to be honest, the reason that I take products like that, supplements, if you would call them that, is because I just feel like they're taking care of my insides. And as you were saying, Jason, we don't have control over our age. We can do these anti-aging things. We can support our bodies. And I think actually that's a very beautiful thing to do is when you are taking good care of your body. You're not just being mindful of your intelligence, but but let's be honest, the way that somebody looks is the first thing that we see most times, unless we're purely communicating with someone with no visual images, which is very rare because online we usually see photos or videos. So even if it's not in person, we still lead with our appearance. So I think it's actually an important balance. And this is why I take good care of myself, even though I get annoyed with these beauty standards. I don't want to put on makeup and brush my hair, but that doesn't mean that I'm not eating well and hydrating my body. And this is why I experiment with different supplements to see, do they actually make a difference in my appearance, but also how do they make me feel? And when I feel good, I'm more confident. And when I'm more confident, that in itself is also perceived. I mean, to your point, Jason, it's not just about the literal physical elements, like do you like her nose or do you like the way she did her makeup or her hair? But does she feel like she's taking really good care of herself? And and you've actually talked about this too, Jason, how you've dated women and been unattracted to them because you don't like the way that they're eating. Well, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I could agree too, because I've been with men that eat like shit and I find that unattractive. <laughs> but when a guy is taking really good care of himself, I'm like, oh, you know, like with you, Jason, when we were dating, I remember you used to make me smoothies. And I think you were probably using Sun Warrior back then, oh, right? Oh, yeah, because I, I... This is back in like 2012? For sure, yeah. I mean, that I had already been using their stuff for like two years at that point. And the reason I started using it like legit was because, well, first of all, I was physically fit and wanted a, a good protein powder. But to that point, all the protein powders I had tried before making Sun Warrior smoothies was they would rip my gut up. Like my gut, because I have a sensitive gut. I've always had a sensitive gut. It was the first protein powder I had ever tried in 2010, I think was the first time I tried their stuff, where it didn't give me gut pain and it didn't give me the protein bloat. That's a thing a lot of people know. If you, if the listener does protein, a lot of the proteins, you'll be crushing a workout like ab day, whatever. You're feeling lean, you're feeling sexy, you're feeling ripped. And then you have your protein powder and then you get bloated. It's like, what... I just worked out. Well, it's kind of the opposite with their formulation because I know I've been taking the lean meal. Oh, yeah. And they have probiotics in yes, them, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. And so they're actually designed for your gut health, which is great. And I just remember <laughs> to go back to my point is that Jason would make me these smoothies every morning when we first started dating. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Deluxe, baby. You would make me these like delicious <laughs> smoothies. And, and I hope that none of the girls that you're, you're not girls, plural, but you know, I don't know the context <laughs> of when people are listening, but like, I think it'd be funny if like the girl that you're dating in this moment, whether it's the time that we're recording or some future girl, but who knows, maybe it'll be the same girl. Not to, I feel like I'm digging myself <laughs> a grave right here and I'm really trying to get out of it. 
I think it's funny when you find out things about men that you're dating, you're like, oh, have they always done that? Have they done that for every girl? So if you're a girl that's dating Jason and he's making you smoothies, cat's out of the bag. He used to make me smoothies too and we were dating. Well, I, okay, for the record, for the record, <laughs> for the record, my mother told me when I was a young man, she said, if you learn how to make food and make it well, you're never going to be lonely. So I took that as a sign that, okay, I can extend love and affection and appreciation to the woman in my life by making good food for her. And so that's kind of stuck with me in the sense that if we examine generalized cultural narratives, I know we're getting tangential, welcome to the podcast, that a lot of men, not all, but generally speaking, a lot of men don't know what the fuck they're doing in the kitchen. They just don't. They weren't taught it. They had no desire to learn it, or they associate it with being a feminine activity. Not fully. And that's not fully true, but a lot of dudes will be like, yeah, I'm not cooking. I don't know how to cook. Don't care about it. That's a great point is that a lot of men also make smoothies. So I'm just going to say as a woman, if you can make a really delicious smoothie and give it to a girl when she wakes up in the morning or after her workout, it's an incredibly easy thing to do to show True love. That. And if it's made with great ingredients, then everybody is winning True here. That. So I didn't even mean to make that point, but the story of how we're tying into going from compliments to what makes somebody attractive. I think that if you can, uh, that in itself is an act of service, actually, to go back to the five love languages, right? You're doing something for somebody else. You're taking care of yes. them by giving them high quality food that also happens to taste good and make you feel good. And it gives you long-term benefits of perhaps making you more radiant. Your skin looks good. You're glowing when your gut is in good health. And I mean, it's just so interesting it, how all of this comes full circle. And I think this is actually really ties into the compliments because one of the reasons I feel like people deflect compliments is because they don't have that self-confidence. So I can go back to this list here. And actually, one of the next reasons on the list for not accepting a compliment is the fact that a lot of people have low self-esteem. If someone says something nice about you that you don't believe about yourself, your immediate reaction will be to deny or disbelieve it. You can't integrate the complimenter's positive view of you into your own negative one. So you look for ways to find their assessment faulty. Hmm. Ooh. Wow. That's interesting. Look for their, it's like if you're Columbo the detective, I need, I, you know what? <laughs> it sounds like the premise is faulty here. I need to find out what's really going on. I'm in, nope, 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 nope. Evidence doesn't add up. Freaking Columbo. You're the compliment Columbo. You become the compliment Columbo. Jason, from now on, I insist you do voices. We did a recent episode on Star Wars. You do your Yoda voice. You sound like a different person when you do these voices. We we will. I, we will. Oh, my God. Thank you for the compliment, Whitney. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. You. You're welcome. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, actually, here's another one. Here's another reason we deflect compliments that ties into this point is the desire to look even better. People will sometimes use false modesty as a way of trying to make themselves look even better. Oh, wow. False Ooh. modesty. They may seek to add modesty to the other qualities they're being complimented on. How interesting. Aww. And you know what, too? Can I just like riff on this for a second? I feel like we talk about Gary V sporadically here on the podcast and how he's kind of shifted his messaging, Gary Vaynerchuk, 
And I feel like him, along with a couple of others, but for some reason, Gary Vee comes up, but you see a lot of these motivational people talk about humility. And I feel like it's being drilled into us of this like weird, I don't know, I feel like humility is kind of convoluted. And this kind of comes up what you're saying, Whitney, about this like wanting to appear humble, but you're not really humble, but you feel pressured to be humble because Gary Vee and Tony Robbins and blah, blah, blah tell you you should be humble, but you're not actually humble. I don't know. That's what comes up for me. It's really kind of an interesting, sensitive thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. what is actual humility? What is the definition being actually humble? What does that actually mean? Right. And I'm asking, like, what do you think it means? Because when it comes up for me, it's almost like not walking around thinking you're the shit and telling everyone you're the shit or proving you're the shit. But is it knowing you're the shit and just not saying it? Like, what does humility actually mean in our culture right now? (laughs) Honestly, I'm wondering. I'm not sure in this moment. I'm actually hoping there might be some answers when I finally get to the end of this article because it's so good. And the next section was about why you should graciously and fully accept compliments. Okay. And so maybe there's the humility answer is in there. So number one is the denial and deflection insults the giver. We talked about that, right? How you're basically contradicting somebody and maybe in a way saying they don't have good judgment, discernment, or taste or that they're insincere. Mm. So you're returning their kind words with an insult. So that's important to keep in mind. If you want to be kind to other people, be really mindful of how to receive a compliment. Number two is that denial and deflection make the giver feel uncomfortable. We talked about that too. When we just miss a compliment because it makes us uncomfortable, we're transferring the discomfort to the giver. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. Not only do you insult them, but rejecting a compliment often makes the giver feel awkward, uncomfortable, stupid, or frustrated. Where do they go from here? Now they're stuck with the tiresome task of offering reassurance of their sincerity. Like, no, I really do think so. Wow. Wow. This is actually a very complex subject. Indeed. (laughs) I'm glad that we dug into this because I was not feeling confident about the subject matter when we started. But now I'm like, I just want to keep thinking about this is really fascinating as something worth practicing, you know, and I think it really does take practice to figure all of this out. I feel a little bit overwhelmed in this moment, but also challenged. I'm looking forward to getting a compliment now. (laughs) Just to be able to practice how you handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one is denial and deflection. Decrease the likelihood of someone complimenting you again. Yes. And I definitely don't want to do that as somebody who likes words of affirmation. Denial and deflection diminishes your value. Hmm. Okay. Let's see why. A compliment shows that someone sees value in you. When you dismiss those compliments, you're telling them that either you do not have the qualities they thought you did or that you're so insecure you can't even recognize and or acknowledge that you do. Mm. Either way, it diminishes your value in their eyes. It's actually like we were saying earlier, Jason, how we kind of judge people when they can't receive a compliment. Yeah. It either makes you unattractive to the ladies who like a man to be confident in this pers- in this uh, context. It also isn't impressive to your employer if you're always telling your boss that so-and-so is really the one who deserves all the credit for the success of a project. Why should they give you a raise or keep you around? Ooh, that's a good point mm-hmm. too. Okay, another reason you lose out on the ground. I don't know why I said that word. You lose out on the good feeling that comes with a compliment. 
getting a nice compliment can make you feel great. But when you deflect and devalue the compliment instead of absorbing it, you also deflect the positive boost it could have given your self-esteem. And lastly, boomerang compliments aren't usually sincere. You may think that always responding to a compliment with one of your own is polite, but it's not. A boomerang compliment signals that instead of listening to and absorbing somebody's praise, you are busy formulating your own compliment. Ooh, that's a good point. Do you find yourself like doing that, Jason, that you're when you give somebody else a compliment that you're just trying to deflect it and that you're you're not even really paying attention or receiving it? Yeah, the boomerang thing makes sense for sure. In the sense of feeling like there's a weird societal obligation to do that, or it's ex- or I think, or I assume they expect me to give one back. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the boomerang compliment is a thing that I have been apt to do. Yes. All right. Well, I'm really excited to get to this last section of the article, which is how to accept a compliment. Okay, here we go. Drum roll, please. <laughs> okay. Okay, get ready for it. The best response to a compliment is... Thank you. <laughs> wow. It's a little anticlimactic, wow. I must say. That is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Thank you. They said, there's never a situation where a simple, unadorned thank you won't work. And you know what? That just brought me back to high school and realizing now that I did learn this. Somebody did teach me this when I was in high school. I think I was about 15 years old. And there was this guy who was kind of like a guidance counselor. He was like one of those people. I don't know if you had this at your school. I went to a small school in a small town. But we had this one guy who it was always unclear exactly what his role was, (laughs) at least to me, right? Like he was somebody I would go to for advice. So I kind of looked at him as a guidance counselor. But there was an official guidance counselor that I also went to. That wasn't him. So now I'm really not sure. But I do remember he taught me a lot of helpful life lessons. And one of them was this about how to receive a compliment. He's now it's all coming back to me. And his words were, you just need to say thank you. And I remember being a teenager and feeling incredibly uncomfortable back then, as many teenagers do. Huh. Isn't it cool when like old memories come back and you're like, wow, I completely forgot about that. So it's kind of like I have to take what I said back earlier is how we need to be taught these things. Sometimes we are taught things. But it takes them years and years and years for us to realize what they mean or to start putting them into practice. And I think part of that is with learning, we need to hear things over and over and over again. And he's the only person in this moment I can think of who taught me to just say thank you when somebody compliments Mm. me. It's interesting. I wonder if he was actually an employee of the school or just a dude who (laughs) wandered in one day. (laughs) No. And everyone assumed that he was like... Who's Mr. Farley? Is he on? Is he on? I mean, who's Mr. Farley? Did you hire him? No. Did you? Well, well, he's here every single day, standing in the hallway, giving people advice. I mean, that's just. Should we let him stay? Okay. All right. He could stay. He just wandered in one day and never left. Honestly, kind of felt like that. Uh, he was like a controversial guy, and like I just want to go ask some of my old high school friends, like, what was his role? You know, like, why was he there? And I, I'm trying now I got to try to remember his full name. Maybe I can look him up and do some digging. <laughs> he had an office underneath the stairs. Okay. See, now he literally just walked into your school one day carrying a desk and a chair in and set it up under the stairs. And no one ever decided to kick. They're like, well, he's not hurting anyone. He's not hurting anybody. So, you know, we may as well just let him stay. 
my God. Oh, okay. Well, there are some uh, follow-ups to thank you. This article, which is so lovely on theartofmanliness.com. You can, let's see here. That being said, sometimes it's more comfortable and appropriate to offer a follow-up to your thank you or an amplifier that shows how much the compliment meant to you. That's This is actually a tactic I use, which is I'll say thank you, period, and then write more if I'm on Instagram, for example. So a follow-up would be, you could just say, thank you, I really enjoyed it, or thank you, I'm glad it worked out so well. So if somebody said, like, you did a really great job performing, and you could say, like, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Thank you. Couldn't have happened without Jason's help. Ooh, uh-huh. There we go. There right? we go. So you're saying thank you for the compliment, but you're also giving credit to somebody else. So you're doing it after you're accepting the credit for your own role. Then that that doesn't deflect it fully. Another would be, thank you. I am happy I could help. This is a good alternative to the just doing my job deflection. Maybe you were just doing your job, but don't rebuff and deny somebody's desire to show their appreciation. And then you could say, if if you want to do the boomerang, you would say, thank you. Hey, you know, you also played great tonight. Nice job. So again, you're receiving and then you're doing your, it's not technically a boomerang because you're adding on to it. I see. What if you gave people just a complete, just kind of left them confused, complimented them, but also like, you know what? You did a great job on the court last night. You played a great game. You Thank you. I enjoy looking at your face. I enjoy looking at you. You're pleasurable to look at. I like that. That's a little okay, awkward. That's, that that's okay. What about, what about, I really like the sound of your voice, especially when you compliment me. No, conceded. Conceded. Okay. No, no. Sure. Well, there was a few more that you could use instead of saying thank you. Or as an amplifier, which would be that really means a lot. I like. I, I feel I like, like that it's a little too. overused. That really means a lot. I say that a lot. I find myself trying to find different ways to say that. Another one could be, "I really appreciate you noticing that. No one ever has before." I think if that's genuine, you could use that. And then this is actually my favorite on this list. I was feeling really down, and this is just the encouragement I need to keep yeah, going. Sweet. That feels very that's sincere. Sweet. Yeah, I like that. Again, if, if it's genuine. Right. Well, we spent a lot of time going into that article, and so I skipped over a bunch of others. So I'm going to put them in the show notes at wellevator.com. One of them that could be fun reading is 100 funny and clever replies to compliments. Which is what I was <laughs> attempting to do. Right. I was attempting. So, I mean, it's actually a, a sweet little list, and they have actually all these different examples, including... One from Han Solo when Princess Leia said, I love you in his... Or wait, was it the other way around? He said, I know, right? Yes, that's correct. So, I mean, that's again, the could be perceived as being in the ego, but you could also just say, hey, I'm just quoting Star Wars, right? (laughs) I was just doing an impression of Han Solo. But I think it's funny because if you look through this list, a lot of them are funny, but you just have to really be clear about why you're saying these things. Are you just trying to deflect by being yeah, funny? I think that's, that's, that's a slippery slope. Totally, totally, totally. But this article is very good. They end the article after this long list. They said that saying thanks is enough, right? That seems to be the big theme here. And there's no need to give a long response. You can personalize it if you want. You can use an emoji if you'd like, although I also feel like it, it all depends on your reason. When When somebody replies to my compliment with an emoji, I also feel like it's a little like, 
Oh, you're phoning it in, huh? Like, have you ever gone through the Instagram comments under a post and you see somebody's just replying to every single comment the same way? Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't like uh-huh. that. Yes. But prayer you know, hands. Like, prayer hands. Prayer hands. Prayer. Okay. It, we know you appreciate it. Prayer hands. We know. <laughs> we know. Oh my gosh. This is also an interesting thing, too. One of the articles I pulled up was from Fast Company. And they reference this book called The Power of Receiving, a revolutionary approach to giving yourself the life you want. And that's something that you and I have talked a lot about, Jason. Again, maybe this could be a separate episode about how important it is to receive. So many of us are in giving mode. We're trying to find ways to contribute. So we're giving, giving, giving. We're exerting all of our energy, but we also have to receive. And receiving a compliment is part of receiving, right? So... I think that just learning, practicing to receive something without feeling the need to give something back to boomerang, for example, is really important. I think that's wonderful. And it reminds me of a quote that I learned from Matthew and Tercy's Engelhart 10 years ago. They, they're founders of Cafe Gratitude. They did a kindred spirit workshop and they said, abundance is consciously receiving that which has already been given. And that quote always stuck with me for 10 years now of you know, someone giving you a compliment, someone showering you with praise or love or adoration. And the gift, the abundance is whether you accept it or not, because it's already been given. The question is, are you going to receive it? or Are you going to reject it? Absolutely. I also like in this article, they say it's important to see thank you as a full sentence. Yeah. You don't always have to add on to it. Yes. You can simply just say thank you. I love that. I love that. All right. I'm just going to go through a few more articles here to see if there's anything else worth adding. And again, all of these will be linked. Um, When I pulled up, I I just thought it sounds like something that you would do a little voice on, Jason. This website's called the Gentleman's Gazette. And the article's entitled, How to Accept a Compliment Like a Gentleman. Uh, I guess the first one would be, it's my pleasure, my lady. My pleasure indeed. No, I thought you were going to do your voice like, oh, the Gentleman's Gazette. Oh, the, the Gentleman's Gazette. No, no, m'lady, m- <laughs> tis, tis my pleasure to receive. The pleasure is all mine. Indeed. Oh, this one's actually, it could be kind of good. I, I think the art of manliness was really nice, but this one's worth checking out. It's got some good images in here. So I'm going to tease the listener and encourage them to go to check out the show notes, which is at podcast.wellevator.com, or you can just look for the podcast section at wellevator.com. And this is also interesting. I found an article on healthline.com, how to be human, giving the right compliment to somebody about their body. And I think that we could maybe even do a part two to this one, how complicated it is when it comes to body talk. But I think it's, it's really worth touching upon here because Part of the inspiration and part of what we've the string through of this whole episode is how much we can be complimented on our bodies, even if it's something that you're wearing, right? But women struggle with this a lot. And it's a challenging thing. Like, what do you say when somebody says something about you like they did in that Zoom? Or what do you say when somebody says that you're photogenic or you're so beautiful? I wish I was as pretty as you. I wish I was as thin as you. I wish I was as curvy. You know, like, all of these things. You lost so much weight. That's another one that can be really uncomfortable. It's a complicated subject matter. And one thing I've been really working on when it comes to conscious languaging, which is something Jason and I are very passionate about, is trying not to compliment somebody, especially a woman, and saying like, you're so pretty. 
but tell them that they're radiant. Tell them that they look happy. You said this earlier about one of our friends, Jason. You said that she was glowing. Oh, yeah. And I really liked totally. that. It's, to me, that feels so powerful and getting away from the superficial. It's not trying to make someone feel like they're only good if they look good, right? Or they're only good if they're a certain size or if they've lost weight. That's a tricky thing, you know? There's a part of us that wants to point out when we think that somebody looks better than usual. <laughs> but that can be really offensive in a way, you know what I mean? But if you say somebody looks radiant, like that's an, a really easy compliment to give and to receive. I also think it's, hmm, you know, consult a thesaurus. Don't be afraid to go to, if you really want to pay someone a compliment and you just don't want to be like, you're pretty, you look hot, you're so sexy. Like, really like dig in and be like, well, okay, is it because they radiate amazing energy? Well, then tell them their energy is amazing and positive and it makes you feel great. You know, is the, I feel, and it's not because I'm calculated about it, but I want to if I'm giving someone a compliment, I want it to be organic and genuine, but I also want it to be specific. You know, I want to put effort mm -hmm. toward letting them know why I feel this way about them. So yes. like to me, if I receive a compliment and it's with a level of specificity and intention, I tend to receive it very differently than if I feel it's kind of in passing or being done out of obligation or being forced. Because yes. you can feel the energy behind the compliment. You can feel the energy behind right. it. Right. Yep. This article has a quote that I've read before, and I hope I don't botch the name credit. It's Rupi Kaur. It's <laughs> the last name is spelled K-A-U-R, Jason. She's a really wonderful poet. How do you pronounce her name? <laughs> Kaur, I think. Kaur. Kaur. Yeah. That sounds right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So the poet is... I want to apologize. Uh, the poet, the poem is I want to apologize to all the women I have called pretty before I called them intelligent or brave. I'm sorry I made it sound as though something as simple as what you're born with is the most you have to be proud of when your spirit has crushed mountains. From now on, I will say things like, You are resilient or You are extraordinary, not because I don't think you're pretty but because you are so much more than that. Wow. That's, yes. And doesn't that resonate? I mean, I think it deeply resonates with a lot of people in the sense that most people probably don't want to be appreciated for one dimension of their personhood, right? As you were saying in the beginning, Whitney, of just like, if someone's just appreciated for the fact that they have a body that is adhering to society's beauty standards and not appreciated for their mind or their intellect or their creativity, then I think there's a, a predisposition to someone feeling pigeonholed or only valued for one part of themselves. And from a mental health perspective, that can be really hard to deal with when you feel like people are only appreciating you for one reason and one reason only. Absolutely. And like we were saying before, we really feel like beauty comes from within, whether it's your food choices, whether it's your words, your conscious languaging, whether it's your intelligence. And I think it's ultimately about doing our best not to judge people. That's been a, a thread through in this conversation, but just to really emphasize it, it's whether you're receiving a compliment or giving a compliment, there's a lot of pressure there. So I think it's also about awareness as we talk about so much on this podcast and is one of our biggest pieces of advice is really tuning into why you're feeling the way that you're feeling, why you're saying 
the things that you're saying, the conscious language? Are you judging people based on how they look or what they're saying, how they're reacting in that one moment as well? And focusing on the depth of who you are as a human being as well. If you're feeling insecure, if you're feeling a lack of confidence is really, I think one of the best things that you can do is continue to do the internal work. And the more that you love yourself, the more people perceive you as a lovely person. But ultimately, it's incredibly important for each of us to just feel good about ourselves, secure, confident, beautiful, radiant, all of these things we've been talking about. And the more that you do that work, the easier these scenarios become. There's a big bonus to it. You know, I feel like life just feels easier when you're aware. Life feels easier when you love yourself. And it gets easier to navigate a lot of these situations, you know? That was such a beautiful summary. It it feels like an outro to me, Whitney. Was that your intention? Because it feels like you encapsulated. No, it's like, I don't really, <laughs> amen, sister. Like I was just gonna be like, amen, hallelujah. And we're done. Uh, <laughs> it did feel like an outro. And, and I appreciate you summarizing that, Whitney, because I feel like self-love gets tossed around a lot as a hashtag and a concept and a a part of our social media landscape so much. And I think self-love is a process and something we get to practice our entire lifetime because as we mentioned, as our bodies change and our interests change and our brains change and our intellect changes and we continue to grow and change and evolve as beings here, loving all of the versions of who we are as we change, that's a practice. There's an art to that. And so I think this truly is a lifelong journey, this idea of loving learning to accept ourselves, learning to accept compliments, and honoring and respecting who we are as we go through life. And certainly from a a perspective of mental health and physical health, as we mentioned, eating well and putting good nourishing food in our body, having good nourishing relationships, and having friends and people in our lives that help us learn to love ourselves more. I mean, I think that's such a massive part of this conversation is if we have people who are very supportive of our journey, and, and I've certainly felt this way having battled with loving myself and accepting myself, I still am really, really hard on myself, especially when it comes to my art and my music. But having people in my life that serve as really loving reflections that know I'm trying to love myself more and accept the reflections that I have from other people. I mean, I just think surrounding yourself with really, really wonderful people is, is such an intrinsic, intrinsic part of this. And we also want to thank, again, our sponsor, Sun Warrior, here for this episode as we talk about beauty standards and compliments. And if you, dear listener, want to take advantage of their wonderful, delicious, organic, plant-based foods that Whitney and I both enjoy, from their collagen boosters to their lean protein to all of their great superfood vegan line of products, you can go to the show notes at wellevator.com. It's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And we will have a link to our favorite Sun Warrior products, where if you decide to order, you will save 10% on your entire order. And I think you will love their products as much as we have, as we've been digging. Especially because they're all about beauty from the inside out. And I pulled up their little info sheet for their Beauty Greens Collagen we talked about earlier, which has that delicious pina colada flavor. And I love what they say. They said, they say beauty is only skin deep, but Sun Warrior has taken beauty deeper to every cell. Mm. Because beauty should do more than look amazing. Beauty should feel amazing. There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. Right. This is why we work with brands like Sun Warrior. That's it. Because <laughs> very much in alignment. They're all about 
the inside job. And as we talk about our mindfulness mm-hmm. principles and what we eat and how we choose to live and how we choose to work on ourselves, it truly is on every level. You hear about mind, body, spirit, but that is the game we are playing, y'all. That is it. And as we said, it's a lifelong practice and putting good nourishing food like the Sun Warrior products that I've been enjoying for a decade. Whitney's been enjoying for eight years since I uh, started those morning smoothies for her eight years ago. Hey, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I'd been using Sun Warrior before. I, I can't remember the first time I ever... <laughs> I associate you with Sun Warrior because you. you've done so much work with them. And and actually, we're going to link in the show notes to videos, throwback videos of Jason. We've worked on, on projects with them together. I mean, the two of us have loved Sun Warrior for so long. Jason's are, did you go out to like their factory or their? Oh, yeah. I've been to HQ multiple times and seen where they make the headquarters. Products, that's the word I was saying. Uh, yeah. And met the entire team. And that's a big thing is we want to make sure that whatever we talk about, what we use in our daily lives, that we obviously believe in and wholeheartedly, I know that their hearts and their minds are wanting to provide the absolute best superfood products out there and do it with integrity and standards and, you know, the best, cleanest formulations. So, and they make really good merchandise. I have it's to the say. best merch in the game. I'm going to say this. Honestly, we might need to do a giveaway because their merchandise, it started off with really cool t-shirts. Remember I had that pink Sun Warrior t-shirt, totally. Jason? I might still have it somewhere. I might have finally gotten rid of it, but I had that for a good six years plus and I would wear it a lot. It was very comfortable and cute. But then they graduated into like backpacker. Didn't they even have a uh, Sun Warrior branded like Bluetooth stereo or speaker? I I have that. (laughs) I have the backpacks. I have the sacred geometry t-shirts. The swag game is next level. Next level. Mm -hmm. Yep. They go to the maximum with everything that they do. You know, just one last note about the beauty side of it. It's like, if you're going to take good care of your inside, you might as well get some external benefits as well. You know, have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look beautiful. I think it if you can combine internal and external beauty, then you get the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? Well so well if you're going to eat great food, put good ingredients in your body and they happen to help you boost your collagen and reduce signs of aging and make you look more hydrated and all the many benefits of your gut health. It's awesome. I mean, that, like I said earlier, is the reason that I love the holistic perspective is is everything comes full circle. What you do for your inside helps with the outside. And sometimes what you do with the outside helps with the inside. Well said. And now I have the pina colada song stuck in my head. Because I'm well, you have to sing yeah. it. We you feel know. like pina coladas uh, and getting caught in the rain. Dee, 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 dee. So now, uh, as we wrap this episode, I am going to go and make a Beauty Greens pina colada flavor. Thank you, Sun Warrior, for always being there. For and us. I am going to make my new favorite recipe because when I think of Sun Warrior, I think of the salted caramel coffee smoothie which I'm going to put in the show notes. I made a YouTube video for this and I'm a little bit addicted. I already had it once today. I think I'm going to have to have it again. You know, it's like when you hear something, a word or a phrase, and it triggers something in in you. You know what I'm saying, Oh, of course. Of course. So now whenever I think of Sun Warrior, I think of that smoothie and it's like, I have to go make it. It's like an automated reaction, a knee-jerk reaction in me now. So it's a good thing. I can't complain. 
Have we uh, mentioned, uh, <laughs> we done our official wrap up, but we've talked about our website, of course, is wellevator.com. There's just so much information on there. We have lots of free goodies for you. We have discounts on products that we love like Sun Warrior. We just want to shower you with as much as, as we can, give you lots of resources that you can thrive internally, externally, in every aspect of your life, personally and professionally. That is our aim here. We're so grateful for you and we'd love to continue the conversation. We've mentioned the show notes many times and at the bottom of every page in the show notes section, there's a comment section. You can go in there and leave your two cents. Share what's working for you. Share what you're struggling with. Share something that you enjoyed. We love hearing from you. We also love it when you direct message us on Instagram or Facebook. We save all of those messages because they mean so much to us. So your compliments are beneficial to us. You can compliment us by leaving an iTunes review of the podcast if you enjoy it. That helps other people find it and decide to listen to it. So we're grateful for you. We will graciously accept your compliments anytime. We'd love to compliment you back by getting to know you more. So the more you connect with us through our website, through our social media, at Wellevator, again, that's spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R. We just love having you part of our lives. We want to make this as much of a conversation as it possibly can be, even if you're not on the show. We want you part of our lives and you mean a lot to us. So we hope that you'll be in touch. We also have our Patreon account. If you want to get deeper into the community, you want to find ways to support us so that we can continue to grow as podcasters. There's lots of ways for us, for you to give back financially and to get lots of perks over at patreon.com slash wellevator. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. If you ever have suggestions or requests on topics, please let us know. Otherwise, stay tuned because we've got a lot coming towards you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.